Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The most common price for gas today in the United States in, in is $3.29. That's down quite a bit. Um, They're and still we going have back progress. up, though. Well, we, they, they, they have, they've stabilized in, uh, in, in different parts of the country. Some are going down, some are going up. I can't believe that the White House continues to think it's a good idea to, and I hate this term. Can't even believe I'm going to say it. I'm, I won't say it. Uh, I can't believe the White House thinks it's a good idea to continue to tell us something that's not true and hope we'll just go along with it at some point? Inflation's flat. What? Gas prices are going down. What? This is not my lived experience, Mr. President. Were you going to go with gaslighting? Yeah. Blowing sunshine up our heinies? Or whizzing on our gams and telling us it's raining? (laughs) I like those last two. But yeah, the term gaslighting is just so overplayed. But um, yeah. But that's that's sort of what's going on there. It's like, oh, I guess I must be crazy. The president just said inflation's f- flat and nothing to worry about. Gas is yeah, going down. I just drove down. away from the gas station, afraid I can't feed my children. But the guy on the TV said, no, it's fine. So, okay. Uh, one awful thing to mention before Joe tells us about uh, more people explaining what people don't get about their jobs, which I find fascinating. Um, yeah. Mass shooting in Thailand, the number is now at 40. Oh, boy. Like close to half of them kids. Oh. I don't know what that's going to turn out to be, but just, you know, one of the all-time worst 
ones of these in world history. Mm, just sure. unthinkable. Yeah, unthinkable. Yeah. But I just, I what I wonder is, have we exported this fang? I mean, most of my favorite thinkers believe it is a contagion to a certain extent. And uh, has the contagion, have we spread the contagion in the same way that we've spread uh, eating fast food and getting fat to other countries? Have we spread the idea of, I'm pissed off, so I think I'll murder a whole bunch of people with a gun to other countries? Yeah, yeah. And I think in the same way that uh, with the nationalization of news media and the 24-hour news cycle, every everybody in every state of the union heard if a kid was kidnapped off a street in, say, southern Florida or whatever. You could be in Seattle, but you would hear about that child kidnapping, and everybody started to perceive the world as much less safe than it is. Uh, now you have that internationally speaking. I mean, if something horrific and unthinkable happened in Thailand when I was a kid, I probably never would have heard about it. Almost guaranteed you wouldn't have heard of it. Unless yeah. you read. And likewise. Yes, so you read page 18 of section 2 and one paragraph in the New York Times days later, you wouldn't have heard of it. Yeah, and likewise, some angry, young, fired cop in Thailand wouldn't have been aware of school shootings in the U.S. and, and what have you. And so oh, just, yeah, I see your point. Well, and it, once again, it gets back to the Overton window where you see things done and you mentally add that to list, the list of things that might be done or things that I might do and things that were completely unthinkable like this for a certain diseased subsection of the populace, they become thinkable. And I would guess that the Thailand press, not knowing any better, our press doesn't know any better, is going to publish that guy's picture everywhere and delve deeply into his list of grievances or manifesto, giving it some power, so that if some other deranged person sees it, hey, this is how to let the world know what I think. Yeah, yeah. I will buy attention with blood, in short. Uh, so on a cheerier note, a guy with the uh, journalist with the Atlantic uh, sent out a request to his readers <clears throat> asking, what do people not get about your job or what did they get wrong about it? And he got hundreds and hundreds of answers and compiled some of his favorites. We shared some of them earlier. You can grab it via podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. Uh, here, here are some more of them. Uh, here's a humanitarian <clears throat> The biggest misconception I've found is that people think I must be a lovely person. I'm a humanitarian currently in a war zone. My friends often assume I'm standing on the back of a truck handing out supplies. But in fact, I'm currently sitting on a bench balancing my computer on my knee while I try to get enough internet to request more supplies from my logistics team and up and an updated budget from the finance team and more time to finalize a report that was due a week ago to a donor. The biggest misconception I've found is that people, especially on dating sites, think I must be a lovely person. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not nice, but I wouldn't have gotten very far in this job if I weren't ambitious, determined, and downright stubborn at times. Uh, the assumption is I do the, all this out of the goodness of my heart, but I actually I'm highly well qualified. I don't know anyone in my job without a master's. Reasonably well paid, not compared to the private sector, but you can't spend much in a lockdown, so my finances are okay. And I do it because I love it, not because I think I should, etc. Cetera, et cetera. thought that was interesting. One of the takeaways from when you were doing this list earlier is most people saying the thing I got into this job to do, I don't spend that much time doing, which is frustrating. Oh, yeah. Like the chef who says, I'm a middle manager. I do scheduling and ordering and stuff like that. That's 90% of my job. I'm not pondering which cheese to add to my whatever to make it more delicious. 
Right, exactly. More cheese. Always more cheese. If I don't want all the cheese, I'll get rid of it. Uh, An IT project manager. I found this so interesting. I actually have a uh, a good friend. It's the the wife of uh, one of my friends who's who does this, and I've never known her really to talk about tech. And I was a little confused by this, but what what does IT stand for? Information technology. Information technology. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a BA in geography, and I do just fine. Most people assume I was a developer or have computer science or engineering degree that I couldn't possibly be a good IT project manager without this background. A Actually, BA I have a ba- in geography. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want to be when you get a BA in geography? I don't know. Look at maps and point out. See that? It's Belgium. Great Plains or something, aren't they? Hmm. Hmm. Flat. Hmm. You know uh, what the I most prominent a... grasses oh, are? Boy. <laughs> you know how many oceans there are? Really just one. <laughs> Take a look. You see I'm right. <laughs> so this IT project manager says, I have a BA in geography and do just fine in the IT world. Sure, I have limitations when the techies get into the weeds, but I can also use my lack of formal technical skills to my advantage. For one, I'm not too proud to ask the dumb or obvious questions that my tech colleagues avoid for fear of looking less well tech savvy. No one expects me to know better. Oh, wow. and they, they don't say it, but uh, unspoken, I think, is the... I look at this stuff like users look at it, mm. not like experts look That's at it. That's what the whole world of technology needs is more people who can look at it like a user, like a regular yeah. person. Yeah, you know what? i got to ask uh, my friend about that and, and what she does specifically. Anyway, a couple of lobbyists answered the question in interesting ways. What do people not understand about my job? I assume you hang around in the lobby. Most people assume lobbying is legal money laundering. Most people are quite correct. It's <laughs> this one. <laughs> I worked as a lobbyist at the Texas Capitol for more than 20 years. Most people assume lobbying is legal money laundering, and most people are quite correct. However, not all lobbyists are money changers in the temple. In fact, many of us do not make campaign contributions at all. We don't wine and dine legislators, legislators or even work for big corporations or special interests. Many lobbyists also represent low-income families, nonprofit organizations, and, well, the not-so-horrible stuff. Mm, yeah. Another lobbyist said... First, I don't buy elected officials. The money is used to build a relationship and keep them in office. I never buy votes or access. There, um, yeah, that's that. Mm. That's an interesting couple of sentences, isn't it? Yeah, I think that sentence contradicts the first sentence. Yeah. There are bad apples. We see them all the time. Most of us are ethically bound to never blend the line of an ask for a vote or a favor in handing over a check. But again. That's got to be a very on. squishy area. Sure. I write you a big campaign check, then show up two weeks later and say, this is a really important vote for us. Or I take you out to eat at super fancy restaurants all the time and talk about my thing, and you come because the restaurant's so nice. I mean, I don't know. Second, I'm not a fat cat. Well, there are some exceptions. The reception grip and grin is basically it. Sure, I can eat and drink well, but we spend 90% of our day walking from office to office. Third, and this is the part I really liked or was intrigued by, The American process isn't broken. It's just super, super slow and complicated. Hundreds of bills are signed into law each year. Getting those done is a considerable lift because only small groups care about them versus, say, the big transportation bill, clean energy investments, or the CHIPS or Science Act. The small laws change people's lives a lot more than anyone knows. Mm. Uh, Partisanship is real and a myth at the same time. The GOP hated Trump. 
The Dems don't like Biden. The question is, do they have the muster to admit it publicly? There are good people on both sides, but more often than not, the names you hear a lot, a few Southern and New England senators are totally in it for the headlines. The rest want to get stuff done. New England said, oh, Bernie. Hmm. Talking about Bernie and maybe what, Lindsey Graham? I don't think Bernie's in it for the headlines. I think he's a socialist. An out and proud socialist has been his whole life. But anyway, don't want to get off on that. Yeah. No, I, that's interesting. I'm trying to figure out who they're referring to. Um, the neurologist or the neuroscientist stuff is really interested, interesting, but it's really long. And we'll publish this whole thing for you or link it at armstrongandgetty.com. What time is it? What is it? Yeah, we should, people think I uh, drill into people's brains every day. <laughs> it's like every other day. No, they get into... Um, Drugs and psychedelics and people asking about that, which is which is pretty interesting. Um, but there are a few more to squeeze in maybe before the end of the hour. Okay. Uh, we should do an update on the whole immigration story as it continues to get much less coverage than it should, given the fact that we set a record every single day for the number of people that are crossing our border. And unless you're watching Fox, you don't hear about it at all. And when we do get back to the job thing, I I meant to mention this and I forgot, the nurse one I found really interesting and troubling. All right. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What we saw today was unconscionable. El Paso, Texas, 2019. I was brought to my knees in tears. Our country has gone into a very dark place. When a Republican was in the White House, Democrats were quick to condemn conditions inside migrant shelters. These are the conditions that have been created by the Trump administration. Two years later, President Biden faced the same challenge, but without the criticism. One of the main reasons that you haven't heard from them is because they want to bury this story. That's William Lajeunesse of Fox News reporting on the situation in the border, which is by many measures significantly worse, more overcrowded, and awful than what you heard about nonstop during the Trump administration. Kids in cages, AOC visiting. Right. Staging a photo op at the edge of a parking lot miles away. That whole thing. You remember that? You know, and I realize this is up there with the sun is hot and Hitler was a bad guy. But the lack of holding the government to account, if it's your party by the left wing media is just which is most of the media is just unbelievable. And just the level of hypocrisy, because even though I thought like AOC is a phony, but. You know, you got a bunch of kids crowded into a room and and they're, you know, sleeping on a thin mat. You could be compassionate about that. But now you have the same thing going on or worse and nobody's saying a damn word. So what was your motivation really at the time? It's just so nakedly dishonest. Uh, let's uh, plunge on Lajeunesse with a great report. 71, please. Close it now. That story involves what child advocates called shockingly deplorable and horrific conditions inside a child detention center at Fort Bliss, Texas. An inspector general's report released last week confirms what whistleblowers alleged in 2021. Suicide attempts, spoiled food, extreme heat, and untrained, inexperienced staff, with some teens going months 
without seeing a case manager. Not only is it a fair comparison, but it reflects more poorly upon President Biden. Go ahead with 72. President Biden promised a humane approach to immigration. We should not be locking people up. Yet he, too, incarcerates immigrants in what the ACLU last month called atrocious conditions at a center in New Mexico. Biden also made border fatalities a political issue in 2020. Yet the number of migrants dying crossing the border tripled on his watch. One of many border challenges most Democrats now overlook. That's a stunning stat. It's uh, kind of hard to imagine that it sneaks by. The number has tripled. The number of kids being held has exploded. It's way more than it was. Uh, One more clip. It's a shorty, number 73. We reached out to 10 congressional Democrats who denounced conditions under President Trump as inhumane. Two replied. Both blamed Biden's problems on Trump, one calling the former president cruel. Both lawmakers, however, say they care regardless of the party in power. But it was Trump's fault. Okay. All right. Uh, coming up in a little bit, got an interesting run-through on the most likely ways that Putin would use a nuclear weapon if he does, according to smart people who get paid to uh, study this their whole lives. What do you think of the lack of discussion of this is all about? Is it just too horrible to contemplate or there's nothing we can do about it or or what? Because the specter of nuclear holocaust is hanging over the world like it hasn't in generations. Maybe more than it ever has. Arguably, yeah. And yet it's an afterthought if it's discussed at all. I'll tell you what my theory is, is that. Uh, the crowd that worried about this sort of thing during the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s lived through World War II and could see a modern country like France or England devastated by another modern country like Germany or Italy or Japan. So they could they could conceive it of it happening. I don't think those of us who didn't live through that, I think I can because I read enough history, and you can and some of you can, but... I don't think I think a lot of people just can't think that that could happen. Right, they're unfamiliar with the concept of all-out war. For one thing, there are police actions and you know the occupations and stuff, but not all-out. I'm going to ruin your country till you can't fight any more wars. I don't have much of a sense of how much people pay attention to anything, really. You know, there are news junkies, and then there's a giant crowd of people that pay no attention to any of this stuff. Yeah. By the way, Bob, before I got that coming up. Um, you probably don't know who Dream is. Maybe you do if you have kids. You know who he is, Alex? Dream. He's uh, the greatest um, Minecraft player? Yeah, Minecraft YouTuber. He's considered by some to be the greatest Minecraft YouTuber in the world. So what is that worth to you? He has 30.8 million subscribers. Wow. That's a number. So he put out a video the other day. He showed his face for the first time. His face reveal. And uh, so far, in two days, 33 million people have viewed that. I don't know how much money that puts in your pocket, but it's got to be a lot. I can imagine. Yeah. There wow. are people that are giant worldwide celebrities that your kids would, would, would crawl over glass to get to see that you've never even heard of. That's just the way the modern world works. Dream is a bit of a jivey moniker, but who am I to argue with success? Seems to be working for him. If Putin uses a nuke, what's it going to look like? Stay tuned for that. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I expect that Ukraine will push Russian forces back to the 23 February line by the end of this year, and that they will have uh, liberated Crimea by next summer, 2023. That's former commander of our army in Europe saying he thinks the Ukrainians will push uh, the Russians clear back to where they were at the beginning of this thing by the end of the year. You know, my inclination just as a human is to uh, is as a skeptical person. And I try very, very hard not to get caught up, whipped up with optimism. I'd rather be looking out for the problems. Uh, But the number of really sober military experts who are talking about how decimated the Russian forces are. I mean, you just can't argue with it at this point. Well, right. I think there's something that, you know, we laymen don't get. I bet I think military strategists are looking at and say, no, this is a. You know, I mean, like a carpenter looking at a house that's got, I don't know, three sides are held up and the fourth isn't. That that won't work. It, 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 that that house can't stand. So they're looking at the Russian. It, it's irreversible, they all say. It's over. Now, it's just a matter of how it's going to play out and how it's going to end. And that's the question with the whole, is Putin going to use nukes? Because unless he surrenders and says, I guess that didn't work. Sorry about that. I mean, nobody seems to think he's going to do that. So how is this going to end? Is he going to allow his military to be pushed completely out of the country? And then what? Anyway, so that's why there is some concern that he will move to nukes. And I was reading this 
piece by Klon Kitchen in the Dispatch. He's a guy that's been tied into intelligence and all that sort of stuff his whole life, and he has lots of really good contacts in the government still. And he's writing, how might Putin use a nuclear weapon in Ukraine? Consensus seems to be building among the experts around the possibility of Putin using a low-yield nuclear weapon in one of three scenarios. A demonstrative attack, an attack on a traditional military target, or an attack on a NATO member. We'll discuss them in reverse order quickly. A Russian nuclear attack against a NATO country would be the most dangerous and escalatory move, obviously, that Putin could make. Uh, This is being called by the experts a low-probability, high-impact scenario. It's possible Putin could rationalize that if he's going to use a nuke, he might as well go big. That's what I've wondered about. If if you're going to get the nearly full blowback from any level of nuke, why not accomplish something with it? But the consequences of such an attack are so immense and unpredictable that it's difficult to see how even Putin could conclude that it would serve Russia's interests. The other opportunity, a strike against a military target inside of Ukraine, such as a massed force, like a whole bunch of soldiers in one spot, or that nuclear power plant. That would make more sense, say the experts, but its usefulness beyond terrorizing the world is still unclear. Uh, The largest groupings of Ukrainian forces are now in or near areas along Ukraine's eastern border because they've pushed so far into what Putin is claiming Russian is Russian territory. Zones Moscow now claims a sovereign Russian territory and where Russian troops would be exposed to radioactive fallout. I don't know if sure Putin cares about that. No. Even more pragmatically, a U.S. Army study calls the utility of such an attack into question, concluding that a one kiloton bomb would have to be within 90 meters of a tank to cause any serious damage. They assess this to be a medium probability, high impact scenario. And then the final, and in the opinion of the experts, most likely scenario is a demonstrative detonation that does not kill anyone. This is what you've been talking about, such as one in or over the Black Sea, high over Ukraine where damage will be minimized, or perhaps a vacant location like Snake Island. While few or no lives would be lost in the initial blast, radioactive fallout could still be a major health risk, and the detonation itself would dramatically move the situation up the escalation ladder. But again, such an act would not play to Russia's favor, It would send a confusing message that, yeah, I'm willing to break the nuclear taboo, but I'm unwilling to use weapons in a way that's going to kill many people. What what would the message be there? It would only confuse and escalate the conflict, not decisively create a Russian advantage. For those reasons, most of the experts think think it is unlikely that Putin will use a nuclear weapon. But he certainly might. You know, I I disagree with that last point um, just because I think uh, a demonstration detonation would... I I get that it's kind of a mixed signal, but it would absolutely be such a big step in violation of the taboo, as the the writer put it, that um, you would have to at least consider the fact that he might go further in violation of that taboo. And so our reaction would be what? Uh, ratchet up negotiations or whatever. Uh, uh, try harder to find him an off ramp, something like that. Uh, and I, I hope know. they're trying as hard as they can already. Yeah, yeah, you would hope that. Um, there was one point, uh, one more point I wanted to make. Oh, you know what really bothers me about this? Well, everything bothers me about this, every single bit of it. Uh, but getting back to the question of the Overton window on North Korea, Pakistan, Iran, your nuclear rogue states. They would see a nuclear weapon detonated and think, okay, that is something you can do under some circumstances. Oh, right. Yeah. And what circumstances they might have a different view than Vladimir Putin. 
But, yeah, it's those states that I really worry about. Putin got away with it. Why don't I try? So uh, I want to bring this up before we take a quick break. Um, I was sending money to a... Fr- I, I send money around to people now and then, as, as we all do. Venmo or Pops. Is that the one I just started using yesterday? Is that the Pop? With the bank, do you know that, Pop Alex? money? Young people, pop money, yeah. Uh, my credit union uses it, I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's through a credit union. But anyway, it's similar to Venmo and that sort of stuff. But I have a habit of, when I'm sending money to friends, when it has on there what you're sending it for, I, I usually put meth. <laughs> and, like, I had to send somebody a couple of, the, not babysitters I don't do that with, but, like, like friends. Yeah. And uh, I had to send somebody some, I put meth, and then the next time I had to send them a couple hundred bucks for something, it was even more meth. Please get help. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing I always put in the... <laughs> Well, yesterday I was trying to send some through this credit union for the first time that I have, and I used the pop thing like that, and it didn't go through. And I was like, "What? What happened? You need to call this number." And I called the number, and the guy, and the guy asked me, "So, what is the money for?" And generally, my response to that, whenever the bank asks me what my, I'm using the money for, I was like, "None of your freaking business. It's my money, and I'll spend it on whatever the hell I want." Is usually my response. Yeah. Right, but in this case, I realized, I oh, okay, it got flagged. But I, but the, but so do they have some uh, sort of algorithm with the belief that people who are buying meth through s- credit unions <laughs> are willing to put it in the comments exactly yeah. what it's for, and that's how they're going to catch you cleverly? I mean, seriously? Thank, thank you, sir. Here's your receipt. Uh, two <laughs> kilos of methamphetamine. Thank you. Now, you see, it was a joke because it's so unlikely that anybody would actually put something illegal in the... Do you see? No? You don't see? I don't think the DEA are big fans of irony. So I got to clean that up today. I worked. I was on the phone for like forty-five minutes yesterday and didn't get it fixed. And I got to be on the phone with them today to send like four hundred dollars for some something not important. Man, you're lucky you're not doing a perp walk right now or something. <laughs> Even more meth, please get help. Venmo doesn't seem to care because I've been making that joke for a long time on Venmo. But what if you misspelled it? You were sending it for like math tutors, but you just <laughs> yeah, misspelled that's it. exactly math meth meth tutor. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's an A in that? Sorry. Apparently they didn't think that was funny. We will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. My final thought. I've already prepared it in my head. It's coming up in minutes. All right. That's how we end every show. Final thoughts. Everybody on the crew. So uh, Derek Thompson is a journalist. He writes for The Atlantic mostly about work technology and and that sort of thing. And he put out the word to the people who like his column. uh, Hey, what do people not get about your job? And he expected a few dozen responses and got several hundred. And he's compiled what he considered the most interesting ones. And we've been enjoying going through some of them. Uh, and I've saved some of the best for last. Let me scroll down. Uh, nurse. What people don't get about being a nurse. Patients in the hospital have no idea how much bull danger, and negative experiences we keep from reaching them. Even when we're not physically with you, we're advocating for you and coordinating your care. We collaborate with pharmacy, respiratory, doctors, consulting teams, case management, social work, dietary nutrition, imaging, physical therapy, occupational therapy, lab, phlebotomy, central supply, environmental services, transportation, even the chaplain. We're the middleman for all of those for every single patient. There's so much going on in the back. Background in addition to what patients see. Wow. Thanks for well, keeping it from me while I'm laying there, you know, in pain. Well, and and I know some nurses and people in nurse training programs and stuff like that. It's absolutely brutal how short-staffed hospitals are these days in the name of profit. I'm not an expert on it, but it is a serious problem. Um, and by the way, if you're in any of these professions and you'd like to expound, uh, hit us with an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, and we will share them tomorrow or soon, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, I'm going to go past a couple quickly because I want to get to my favorite. Um, uh, opera singer said it's a lot more like a professional athlete than you'd think. Um, you have to have talent, but it's more like being a professional athlete than a delicate artiste. You start out with some talent and spend years of your life and a lot of money developing and honing and perfecting that talent to be viable and appealing to opera companies and other performing arts organizations. Then you've got to maintain it like an athlete and that sort of thing. Yeah, I was thinking about that for sports or musicians or uh, uh, especially. You spend way more time practicing than doing it at the level that you know you got into it for, right? So oh, a thousand you, you, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not even close. So you got to right. like shooting baskets alone in a gym if you're Steph Curry, because you're going to spend a thousand times more time doing that than you are in front of the cheering crowd. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing I'd throw into that, having uh, warbled rock and roll music at times, is it's much more physical than people imagine who don't do it. Uh, Playing and singing for an hour and a half, two hours, is exhausting. Um, it's amazing that so many drug addicts can do it, but you develop those muscles. <laughs> well, they tend anyway. to be young usually, but. Well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a pastor, one of the more interesting things he said is the funerals are a lot more interesting than the weddings. 
because you get down to what really matters about life. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Whereas weddings are just cheery, cheery, hey, hey, isn't this wonderful? Uh, Pharmacists, the most interesting thing the pharmacist said was, I think most people would be shocked to learn how anti-medication some of us are. Oh, wow. Medications are seldom the sole factor when it comes to addressing health issues, and polypharmacy, that's taking more than one drug, leads to countless adverse reactions, increases the risk of medication errors, and ultimately enriches drug companies who want you to remain unwell. So a lot of pharmacists are really medicine skeptical. I'd like to know more about that. Are you a pharmacist? Please expound. Mailbag at armstrongyegetty.com. I can see how if you're giving, like, just to use a very broad example, if you're giving some really overweight person their various blood pressure medicine, for instance, regularly Mm -hmm. thinking, have you you tried something not a pill that might fix this problem? Yeah, yeah. Uh, The screenwriter one I thought was so interesting because I've written several screenplays and I, I like writing and that sort of thing, but I've never, I've never had time to pitch them really and so it was just kind of an exercise for my brain that i enjoyed um and uh this guy says most of the job involves talking not writing um i I like writing i like the battle that goes on between my brain and the blank page blah 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 but there's the thing nobody tells you when you decide you want to be a screenwriter especially a tv writer most of your time and most of your job involves talking not writing you have to sell producers on your ideas then you have to discuss their notes then you have to do it all over again with the studios and then the networks and then you have to do it even more as your script veers chaotically toward production and more collaborators get involved you have to talk to directors and actors it's endless the business of writing in Hollywood, then, is really the business of talking. Um, if you only want to write, don't come to Hollywood. Interesting. Yeah. And then this is my favorite, and I am so sorry I can't swear on the air. <laughs> because it's from a sailor, <clears throat> and it is riddled with obscenities. I am going to say ducking. He swears like a of- sailor. It's a she. She swears like a sailor. Which I'll, I'll explain in a second. And and the GD bomb. I just, I don't want to offend our devout listeners. I'll say gall darn, even though a lot of people say that's too close, but I don't, you know, forgive us. We're saying Gall darn like is you. too close? Yeah, I know. Uh, so the sailor says, I'm a sailor by profession, a delivery skipper to be exact. My husband and I deliver brand new sailboats all over the planet. Before anyone gets their panties all in a wad, let me just inform you that, yes, swearing like a sailor is a real thing. No. Because, <laughs> because well, we all... Oh, my God. Get the, get the dump button ready, Michael. <laughs> because, well, we all ducking swear like sailors. Here are some big myths about my job and the actual reality. You guys are living the dream. If one more person says that to me, I'm going to ducking throat punch them. <laughs> of course we're not. Whose ducking dream is it to have a god d hurricane form overhead while they're working? We've had it happen, and it sucks. There's nowhere to run and hide. You must have a great time out there watching the sunset, kicking back, having a beer. What a life. F you. <laughs> We don't drink while sailing. You'd be an idiot to drink while sailing, even on your own boat. When things go wrong at sea, things go wrong very, very fast. And it's usually a cascading series of events. If you're hanging out here being a drunk, ducking slob, chances are you're going to get hurt, hurt someone, or die, or all of the above. It takes that long to get to Tahiti? Don't you stop? What are you, a ducking moron? (laughs) 
And I'll point out again, this is the chick. She's the fairer sex. What does her husband sound like? There's nothing out there. Look at a GD map. At one point in the middle of the Pacific, we're in what is called the null zone. We're actually closer to the people on the International Space Station than we are to actual land and people. Fascinating. It's a very cool fact, but also intimidating. If something goes very, very wrong, who are we going to call for help? Buzz ducking light year? <laughs> when I'm sailing the boat, my husband sleeps and vice versa. We see each other, watch change, in our one big meal a day, dinner. Unless something goes wrong, then it's all hands on deck until it's not wrong anymore. That could be anywhere from four hours to four days or more. That's Ooh. very funny, but... Uh... You chose the lifestyle, and sorry for me thinking you probably chose it because you liked it. She's going to ducking throat punch you. (laughs) Check your clock, it's time to stop. Jack and Joe, they've got to go. And if they don't get canned, they'll be back tomorrow. I just saw a picture of Shaquille O'Neal shirtless that ruined my day. What the hell? Wow. That dude is in shape. Oh, my God. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Wrap things up for the day. Michelangelo, our technical director, will lead the way. Michael. Yeah, as far as my job goes as technical director, I'm constantly controlled by timing. I can't tune out. I have to find time to go to the bathroom. And if you screw up, everybody knows. And how about the host foot rubs? That's true. (laughs) Those are awful. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. You do a fabulous job, by the way, Michael. You truly do. Alex, what's your final thought? You know, a lot of people think being a content producer is easy. Oh, you just got to do this. No, I got to leap tall buildings in a single bound, run in and save little grannies from fire buildings, and drink a lot of coffee. Oh, by the way, my football picks will be up in about an hour. And the foot rubs. Mm, so sensuous. Jack, <laughs> a final thought for us. Yeah, um, it was kind of a rough day for the ugliness in politics. These Senate races in particular with the Senate 50-50. I think we got a wild five weeks coming. They're accusing Dr. Oz of being a psychopathic dog murderer. All the stuff about Herschel Walker and the sex and the abortions. Oh, it's going to get uglier and uglier, I think. Yipes. Uh, my final thoughts both have to do with podcasts. Number one, yesterday's One More Thing podcast. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Extra Large podcast available at armstrongandgetty.com has to do with yesterday's interview with Chris Steyerwalt. It's become legendary overnight. It went sideways. If you haven't heard it, you should. The second thing is today's One More Thing podcast is going to be a bit of a tribute to Bernard McGurk, Mm. uh, who was a sidekick at Don Imus, a legendary radio guy. Bernie was one of the most talented people in the history of radio. We both loved him. So uh, it's the One More Thing podcast, which you can get wherever you like to get podcasts. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can link to the podcasts there as well. You can pick up an A&G t-shirt for a big fan in your life. Helps to keep the fellows on the payroll. Uh, drop us an email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We will see you tomorrow with all the latest. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. Point of personal privilege. <laughs> didn't make a lot of sense. It just didn't. Are you shitting me? It's a little too much donkey dog. Uh, okay. So, let's go out with a bang. Unrelenting cheerfulness. That's going to be my persona during the spicy times. Hey, some days uh, there aren't nuclear explosions. All right? It's a come on, everybody. The bright side. What happened to the bright side? Oh, jeez. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.